everybody. I'm Vanessa Oshima, and welcome to the Outrun Cancer podcast. Outrun Cancer started back in 2012 when I made a promise to a friend that I would run every day for her to support her cancer journey. Cancer can be a really lonely journey, but it doesn't have to be. And that's something that I've learned through my cancer journey, the running journey. And I'd like to share with you the stories, the information, the learnings. We call them the life learnings from running, life learnings from cancer. And so that's what we're going to do with this podcast. If you're going through a cancer journey and you want just a little bit of hmm, inspiration, a little bit of information, or just some good stories, come join us on Outrun Cancer. And you don't actually have to be a runner to be able to be part of this. Come listen. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Outrun Cancer. This one's a little special, too. I know I say that all the time, that all of them are special, but this one is kind of interesting and unique. I want to introduce you to a person I've never met in person. However, we have become really strongly connected. Uh, her name's Julia, and she lives in Jordan. Is that right? Whereabouts in Jordan do you live, Julia? So I, I live in Amman. Jordan and hi everyone. <laughs> so Julia reached out to me on my Instagram account and originally, you know how when somebody's not connected to you as a friend, it doesn't come through, it becomes like a kind of a blocked thing. And then Julia wrote on my Instagram post, I actually sent you a, a message, did you see it? So I went back and I was like, I didn't see the message. And so it took me a few days and then I finally saw this message. And I basically started typing back an answer. And then I thought, you know, what? I'll just call her. <laughs> and uh, I remember because I called you suddenly yeah. out of the blue. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and we basically started talking about um, what Julia was going through, which was a cancer diagnosis. But let's start with that. Julia, why did you message me? Okay. So first of all, hi, everyone. Mm. And I'm so happy that we're doing this podcast. And I'm actually very happy that I like, I can't really believe that I'm talking to you now. Because when <laughs> I sent you the message, and I didn't find any answer. I was like, <laughs> oh, I will never be able to be like connected with Vanessa. Mm -hmm. So what happened is, I Okay, let me talk a little bit about my diagnosis with cancer or my story with cancer and running. Mm -hmm. So I get there to why I messaged you. Mm -hmm. So on the 30th of December, mm -hmm. uh, 2020, I started a running streak. Mm -hmm. And the main idea of it, it was because like a few months earlier, uh, someone that I know was diagnosed with cancer, like someone like very dear to my heart. Yes. And then my friend suggested on me to do a group under the initiative called Run for, for Life. Right. That was done by the cancer center in our country. And so we can raise awareness and donations for mm. cancer. So I was like, yeah. And like, how about I run every day until that <laughs> initiative is done? So my friend initially thought like, no, you're crazy. That's more than like six, six months. Can like I ask you a question? Were you a yeah, runner sure. before? Did, how yeah, often were you running yeah. before? So I was like, I'm, I'm a casual runner. Like I run <laughs> like three, yeah, like I run three times a week, something okay. like that, like short runs. And mm. I did like many half marathons, mm. but uh, I wouldn't say like I'm someone who would do 
that long streak. I did a 100-day <laughs> streak before hmm. that. Okay. So you're kind so, of a runner, and then you decided to do the run for run for life. And actually, when I did the streak, the 100-day streak, Every day I was counting like when is it day one hundred? Like I was, <laughs> I just felt like I need to be done with the streak. <laughs> you didn't so, enjoy the streak, or you did? I enjoyed it, but still I was thinking because I I put a deadline for it, or like I put mm. an end for it, so it felt like I need to reach there to get mm. there. Yeah. But this time I said like, okay, I want to do a streak again. The main idea is to keep it until the end of the initiative, but like I didn't really announce it to people. Okay. So I won't feel the pressure of committing to it. The 100 so, day streak, did you announce to people? Yes. Yes. Okay. So this is okay. Everyone. So you basically, okay, this is my little secret. So I'm not exactly. committing. Okay. <laughs> exactly. So I started running and I did like running every day. I did a minimum of uh, 5K. Can I ask another yeah, question? Sure, sure. What's it like running in Jordan? I've never run in Jordan. So okay, that's, that's is it, what's the weather very, like? It's a very interesting question because, mm-hmm. okay, so Jordan is in the Middle East. And mm-hmm. first, before talking about the weather, it's a very conversive like, country. Okay? Uh, okay, And the situation in Amman, since it's the city, is a little bit less conservative like, okay. than the other areas. Mm-hmm. But still, and like a few years ago, you would rarely see any people running in the street. It's something weird to see mm. people running. Do they but run in the I'm, gym or? They, they run in the gym, gym okay. but not in the streets. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But I think like also with the, with COVID and with lockdown and everything, mm. people got more encouraged to go outside in the streets and run and walk and stuff mm. like this. Got it. But still, many people would ask me, being a girl running in the streets like sometimes in the evening sometimes early in the morning mm. like how would i do this and well, they think it's unsafe right but my answer is if we keep on thinking it's unsafe and mm. get people used to think like it's not a usual thing to see it like mm. you know i'm just yeah. staying home because i know it's unsafe Same. how would people actually accept this yes the more How to create change. I, I like exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. And the more mm. they see women running in the mm. street, they get used to it. Yes. And it's not strange anymore. Yeah. That's so. isn't that wonderful? That's a wonderful idea of although something may be reality, how to change reality by challenging it. Yeah. So exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And especially since you're doing something good, not something mm. wrong. Right. Like yeah. to encourage something positive. Mm. And talking about the weather, so the weather in Jordan is very like moderate in okay. almost everything. Yeah. But now with the climate changes, we're having some crazy weathers. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, so well, you committed to doing the run for life, but you didn't really tell people how long you were doing it for. And then exactly. off you off you went. Yeah. So yes. Yeah, so so in in my country we had a lockdown, a full lock, lockdown every Friday, mm-hmm. and uh, on that Friday it was like a full lockdown without the the time that you they usually give us for prayer that I used mm-hmm. to use for to go for a run. So what? <laughs> wait, so wait, wait. I did you you use prayer time to go for a run? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's time for Muslims to go mm-hmm. to the mosque. 
Mm. And I'm Christian. Mm. So I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and many people actually use this time. Let's be okay. honest about it. Everyone okay. knows that they use the time to go walk and like to Don't have fresh things. air and everything. Yeah. Okay. So as I started running, which is something I do every day, mm. and that's okay. You you know how treadmill is so heavy on the body. Yes. Like with every step, you feel it in your brain right away. Okay. Mm. So as I started running, I was like, okay, there's something wrong in my body. Oh, okay. Wow. I yeah, it was from the first 100 meter. I was like, okay, I feel heavy. There's something wrong, mm. and I felt like there's a lump on mm. the right side of my right breast. Mm. I was like, okay, I stopped. And I was saying like, okay, it's cancer. Okay, I felt like it's cancer, but it can't happen just overnight. Like yeah. I ran every day. How come I didn't feel it yesterday or mm. any day mm. before? And then like I I checked it and was like, okay, there's a lump, mm. big lump. Mm. And I started like Googling things, you know, how we usually do <laughs> Yes, we do. We yeah. You hadn't noticed the lump before, like when you're having a shower or anything like that? I didn't, but mm. after that, I remember that few months ago, okay, I can't remember exactly, I felt something weird, like something is different, mm. okay, like a lump or something, and then I went to Dr. Google again, which is a big <laughs> mistake. And Dr. Then, Google. <laughs> yeah, and then Dr. Google told me that if it's ovulation or anything like that, uh, yeah. like the breast will change and don't worry, you're good, everything yeah. is okay. And there are no changes on the skin, no discharge, yeah. nothing. So I was like, oh, cool, it's not cancer. And I just <laughs> like left my phone <laughs> and lived my life without even thinking about it. It's what got it. It yeah. wasn't like because I was scared and I was in denial. No, I was convinced it's not yeah. cancer. And even I read that runners are less likely to develop breast cancer. So I was oh. like, yeah, I'm a runner. Like, it's not yep. breast cancer. Yep. So that's why I dismissed the idea. Yeah. I didn't really check, like, the lump has changed or anything. Yeah. Okay? And even when I shower or anything, I didn't feel anything that's mm. very obvious for me. No changes, nothing mm. obvious. So I was like, okay, I got nervous. I started crying and then I pressed start again on the treadmill and I continued my run. Okay. I actually, I actually started the run. Okay. Because like I I have stuck over. So you're like running about a hundred, 200 meters. You're feeling a bit heavy. You're thinking, you're checking. Oh my goodness. I have a lump. You're thinking maybe this is cancer feeling a little bit. Yeah. And then you start the run again. <laughs> yes, I went back to my run because I had to keep the streak. And I remember yeah. I was running and crying and I couldn't breathe easily. And oh. just like I had to regulate myself very often during the run. Mm. And I finished the run and it was like a pretty like fast run as well. I was like, oh. okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's so. like, stre- you know, when you're stressed and things like that, I often do the same. Like suddenly it's like, wow, that was one of the fastest runs I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it was uh, so weird. Mm-hmm. So after I was done with the run, I was like, okay, if I just keep on thinking about this and dwelling on it, 
today it's Friday. It's like a, it was the weekend. There's mm. nothing for me that I can do on that day. Mm. I would just be miserable. Okay, for nothing. I know mm. nothing. Mm. So I I was like, okay, enough crying. I'm done with this. There's nothing I can do. And the next day I'm gonna take the appointment and go get the lump checked and everything. Mm. And I just continued my day normally. Mm. Okay, oh. I didn't tell anyone about it. <gasps> so you didn't tell your parents, I or you didn't? didn't tell, eh. No, because I didn't have any actual information to tell them. Right. And if I said anything, they will only get worried. And I had yeah. no real information. So you basically just decided that I won't let this kind of become a big deal yet. You're just like, okay, I can't do anything. I'll put it to the side and just exactly. carry on. <laughs> My idea, which has grew more and more with the days and with my diagnosis and everything, if it's something I can't control, then I shouldn't think about it. Uh, Like I I only think about the things that I can control, that I can decide if it's like what kind of medicine to take, what kind of Mm. protocol, stuff like this. If it's Mm. something I can't control, like I have cancer, Mm. I can't control it. Why would I just keep on thinking about it? Yeah. So the next day I was supposed to go for a train run with my friends Mm. and I texted them in the evening, like, let's stay in Amman, like, (laughs) like, you know, (laughs) and I was hoping I'm going to go for the appointment on the same day. Right. Like, this is how it goes. Like, call them like, wait, I have a lump. Oh, come get it checked today. Mm. It didn't happen like that. It doesn't that. work like that. No, yeah. You have to make an appointment and you have to wait a week yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I called and they. I got lucky that I got an appointment that wasn't that far. Like it was four days later. So, so then you get your appointment and you get the biopsy and then you're waiting for the biopsy results. Yeah. yeah. And then I got the results and I wasn't surprised by then when they told mm. me that it's cancer. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I know that and this. I just want it to be confirmed. I kept the streak. But mm. now, between my first appointment and getting the biopsy and the results, what I did while running, I was all the time listening to Tadexcope and stuff yeah. like this about mindfulness and how we can control the pain like uh, with our brain and like mm. all, all these like mind power things. Mm. Mm. And it was very good because, you know, when, when I run, I listen to things differently than oh. when I just sit and listen to them. I don't know. Like, I think most runners can relate mm. to this. Mm. So uh, what do you think it is? When you run, you think differently. What do you think it is? I think we have like a clear mind when we mm. run. And so we get the messages in a different mm. way. Can I ask you a different question? Do you do yoga and things like that? Or do you just run? I don't do yoga, yeah. but I sometimes meditate. Mm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I believe in like uh, meditating, like meditation and how it clears my <laughs> mind. And yeah. I started doing it more often when I was diagnosed. So uh, yeah, I think I mean, that's interesting because I have a friend who really is, she really does a lot of yoga and she's very, she believes in, in yoga a lot. And she always tells me, you need to do yoga. You need to do yoga. And I'm terrible at yoga. I just, I'm not very stretchy or bendy or. <laughs> no, we don't. Yeah, we're not very stretchy. Yeah. <laughs> but I said to her, when I run, 
it's like yoga because I breathe in, I breathe out, I notice the nature around me, I connect. And just like you said just now, I think differently. Like my mind is like, <sighs> but when I run, everything kind of calms down a little and I think a little bit more clearly or I see things. And so for me, I think my running is my yoga at times. So I was just interested yeah. to know. <laughs> yes, actually, it's very true. Yeah. And the more you do it, like outside the city, yeah. the more like yeah. yoga, like. <laughs> because, yeah, like you're, you're right. You're, when you're running in nature, like trail runs and things like that. Um, yeah, it does. Yes. It really becomes. Okay. Okay. So, and you said you were not surprised. Yeah. Yeah. I was, so I was for me, I was quiet. super surprised. I had convinced myself. Because I'm like 50, you know, I was like 40, 45 years old, 46 years old when I found out I had cancer. And I had convinced myself that I was like, you know, how you said ovulation and stuff. So I was like, oh, it's probably pre-menopause and stuff. So it's like, you know, lumps because yeah. of that. And so when they told me I had cancer, I was like, what? Huh? <laughs> and yeah. I was like, no, 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 no. What? Huh? Kind of mm -hmm. all the time. I was very mentally ready for it. Mm -hmm. but. When I did the, the first test, the, the ultrasound and the mammogram, mm. I knew about the lump on my right side, okay? Mm. And that day, I told my parents about it. I told my sister, my brother, mm -hmm. and uh, it, like, it wasn't confirmed yet. Mm -hmm. The next day, my doctor called me, and she was giving me the size of the lump and she was mm. telling me like okay the right side it's seven centimeters and the left side i was like wait what <laughs> yeah that was okay so you did wait what <laughs> wait what and when before that when i felt the lump whenever i run i felt heavy on the right side okay oh, and i was yeah. like oh this is so painful and heavy and once she told me on the left side mm. i was like that day when i ran all I felt was the left side is heavy. Oh, okay. no. Oh, okay. And I was like, oh, my God, that's my mind playing, playing games, games on me. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, okay, I'm not going to think about the left side. I'm going to think about the right side. And I felt heavy on the right side. I was like, okay, uh -huh. I'm going to think about the left side. Yeah. And I felt heavy as well. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to think about anything. And that's, that's amazing. When I, yeah. And that's when I went back to enjoying the runs without feeling heavy and like in pain um, or anything so, so you just decided was, I, I mean this idea of you choose how you're going to think about this whether you're going to focus on the pain or the heaviness on the right side or yeah. the, I, I yeah. like that learning of like we can actually choose how to move forward and, and how to do things yeah and that was a key like okay I might be able to keep the streak because it's in my mind. Yeah. That was the key for me. Like the first message that I got mm. that, okay, I might be able to keep the streak. So mm. we went with the, all the procedures, the protocol, everything. And mm. they told me, uh, you're going to go through eight cycles of chemotherapy. Mm. I was like, okay. My first question was like, do you think I'll be able to keep the streak? <laughs> my, doctor. I was like, my doctor was like, and especially as I told you, like in Jordan, it's not very common. Like mm. people, they don't understand running sometimes. They they would say like, oh, she walks every day. I was like, no, I run every day. I don't mm. walk every mm. day. Mm. Okay. Mm. So, <laughs> so 
so what did your doctor, doctor say when you you said to your doctor can i keep the streak going i honestly think he thought i'm someone silly okay and <laughs> immature i i honestly believe that this is what he had in his mind mm. and by the way i have to just mention something about how you thought like it can't be cancer as mm. for me as well because i was 33 mm. i was like yeah i think i'm still kind of young for cancer mm. Yeah, this is one of the things, and it yeah. wasn't the case. So I, think you know, also too, probably... maybe another question. There is no breast cancer in my family, and so uh, none of my yeah my mothers or aunts and or cousins uh, or and nobody. And so for me, it was like, well, you know, because I, I had yeah, this thinking that <laughs> yeah, like it's DNA and uh, all this kind of stuff. So I wasn't, yeah, I just wasn't yeah, ready. Yeah, we, ha- <laughs> we had a, we had a strong. Uh, history actually maybe oh. this is part of the things that made me think like okay yeah, it could be cancer so my daughter was like okay i have this crazy patient <laughs> that she will know she's crazy once she starts the chemotherapy and she will relax calm down yeah. <laughs> yeah. and he told me like okay you will be able to run some days but like the first two days of chemotherapy, just expect to be tired, nauseous, and just yeah. give yourself the time to rest. Mm. I was like, okay. And I trained myself to accept the idea that I might actually stop the streak. Mm. Okay. Mm. But I kept going till the last day. Mm. So before my first chemotherapy session, mm. which I have renamed to healing therapy, Oh, I love that. So it's not chemotherapy. I love that. It's not chemotherapy. It's healing therapy. I love that. Why did you rename it that way? When I got diagnosed, the official diagnosis, I told all the close people, like everyone that's Mm -hmm. around me, I told them about it, like right away that actually I called them and told them like, okay, I have cancer and like expect me to go through chemo and stuff Mm -hmm. like this. And because I knew, like, I will still be there with people. They will eventually mm. know about it. And uh, I don't want to put more stress on myself to mm. hide, like, mm. that I have cancer. And there's nothing to hide about mm. cancer. Mm. And also, I felt like I have to tell, especially my family members, cousins, because we have a history in the family and they right. have to go get checked and they need to know. Mm. So it was kind of like I have the responsibility mm. of delivering the message Mm. and I know when I was diagnosed it wasn't for me it's not Mm. like that I have cancer I'm just a tool that's being used Mm. to spread a message wow okay Uh so I was telling everyone but when I told people what they did out of love they would tell me like oh don't do chemo do something else like do you have to go through chemo and this will happen to you this will happen Mm. to you everything Mm. negative was said to me i was Mm. like okay the day before my first session i'm like okay everyone said everything negative about it but how about i do there must be something positive about it otherwise they won't give it to the patient Mm. so and a friend of mine was telling me like don't call it chemo love those call it love those something you like this is what (laughs) she said that's like, okay, amazing that's a, yeah that's a nice idea and i picked mm-hmm. healing therapy because my body is gonna get healed from cancer Cancer, yeah so i actually brought my journal and i wrote healing therapy 
And I started writing down the notes, the, the points that I want to think about during my session, which are then the positive ones. Mm. So I started with like different points, like this healing therapy will bring me closer to God. This healing mm -hmm. therapy will give me another perspective to see life mm. through. This healing therapy will, mm. uh, I have like a lot of, less, That's even really... like anyone, it will give me the time to watch the movies that I like. <laughs> This healing, so this healing therapy will give me some time to watch a movie or read a book. Or, exactly. Yeah. So I had really deep points and other points that they don't seem to be very deep. And one of the points actually was that this healing therapy will give me the chance to donate my hair again. Because before <laughs> that, I had long hair and I right. donated my hair. And that time I had short hair, but I knew that I can still do something with it, donate right. it, because I asked yeah. about it. Yeah. So, yeah, and by the time I wrote all these positive notes, points yeah. about healing therapy, I was so ready for it. Yeah. Like, I felt like, That's... okay, I'm ready for the next day, which is yeah. my first infusion. So, in the morning, I went... Your first to love run. dose. My <laughs> first love dose. <laughs> so, in the morning, before my session, I went for a run. And I, I always upload my runs on Strava. Mm -hmm. So, the the application yeah. so yeah. what i wrote was like one last run before my life takes a turn uh -huh. because mm. i thought like this is what's gonna happen yeah. okay it's chemotherapy it's the it's the nausea getting yeah. tired hospitals immunity issues stuff like this and i took uh, my i did the session mm -hmm. i went back home it was the second day of easter so we had like this big Easter lunch, but I didn't <laughs> want to stay with the, the with everyone because I thought that my immunity drops right away. Right. wasn't the case. Anyways, so after that, I slept a little and woke up very nauseous. I was mm. like, what is this nausea? I never felt this before. Mm. And I became restless. Like I need, I need to, to do something to stop wow. the nausea. I didn't mm. want to throw up. Okay. Mm. I have this. I had this promise. Like I will not throw up. That's it. Okay. Why? Why did you have this promise to yourself? Because I felt if I throw up, my body will have this reflex thing, and it will keep on throwing up more. Oh, okay. You know, because mm. this is what happens to me. Like anytime I throw up. Mm. So I was like, okay, okay. Then I'm going to go for a walk. I oh. decided to go outside okay. and walk. And I felt great. I called my my aunties, my uncles, everyone. I told them that I'm good. And I was walking, breathing very like normally. And mm. I didn't feel nauseous anymore. So when I went back home, I told my parents, listen, tomorrow morning, I'm going to run. Whether <laughs> I'm feeling nauseous or not, just so you know, I'm going to run. I just want you to be prepared. <laughs> yes, be prepared, be awake just for an emergency. I'm going to run in the same street in front of my house. Right, right. okay, just up and down. Yeah. What yeah. did your parents say when you told them? They gave up on me long, like, <laughs> many years before. <laughs> I just know that if I want to do something. If like, you put your mind to it, yeah. Me. <laughs> yeah, so they were like, okay. <laughs> yeah. So in the morning, I was actually nauseous. I got up, 
put my shoes on and I went for a run. Wow. And like, I didn't know what to expect, but from the first 100 meter, I felt better. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, that's awesome. And actually I felt like some extra energy. I think it's because wow. of the cortisone as well. Mm. So I ran and I was so happy and I went back home and my parents were actually asleep. So like they're not <laughs> they weren't gonna be ready in case something <laughs> happened. <laughs> they're not worried, definitely yeah. they're not. And on that day, I actually went to take my uh COVID vaccine as well. Mm. I was like the hospital, they asked me to take it, and I thought I'd get more tired after it. And yeah. I was like, Nope, I'm still good. Yeah. And ever since that day, I knew that whenever I'm tired. I can go for a run run and, and it will run. energize so you. It's, you know what? Yes. I find that always really interesting is that even when I'm really tired and I go running, it doesn't make me more tired. It makes me less tired. And I, so, yes. so that's that kind of that thing yes. of it's the exact opposite, right? I'm too tired to go for a run. Mm. It's like, no, because you're tired, you should go for a run. Yeah. <laughs> people, people who don't run, they don't believe it. Yeah. Or those who feel that they have to run, they don't believe it. Yeah. Like, no. And yeah. this is the, the beautiful thing about running streaks because you don't get to think if you want to run or not. You're yeah. running. You're running. Okay, yeah. You're going to run. You can think about at what time to run, what pace, what distance, but not if you want to run or not. So you don't even get the chance to think like, oh, I'm too tired to run too sleepy to run or anything like that or it's too cold to run too hot to run you know what it's so true um i think from running every day for nearly 10 years myself i've learned that i can make an excuse or i can make a way you know so it's like find an excuse or find a way because there's always an excuse i'm too tired it's snowing it's whatever but we can find an excuse or we can find a way and I love how you reflect all the learnings about mm. life as well. Mm. So as for you, what you said now, it's not about just running. Mm. So this happened and I was running every day during chemo. Whenever I get tired, if I got headaches, <laughs> I go for a run, whatever happens. I'm like, I started looking forward for my run. Okay. Did and other chemo patients, I know when you go to chemo, often you're like, you know, you're with um, other patients at the same time. Like, did you tell them you were doing it or did they think you were crazy or? At the beginning, because not many people about like knew about okay. me. Okay. Yeah. Although, although I was openly saying that I have cancer and stuff like this. And even my friends, they didn't really pay attention that it's cancer. And they thought that I shaved my head to support cancer cancer patients. okay so not that you yeah, had cancer is, but you were doing it to support yeah, others with cancer and, yeah and even my neighbors were saying like they see me running and they would say like oh nice new look <laughs> how, how crazy you think i am <laughs> I, I, I knew that they think that i'm a crazy person that i would actually do this however so, it also says that they looked at you and they did not see a cancer patient. They saw a person who was super well, super energetic, running, doing things. They didn't see you as somebody who was sick. 
which is kind of amazing as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's fast forward a little bit. You reached out to me. So you ran through chemo. So what made you reach out to me, send the the message to me? So as I went like through the AC chemo Mm -hmm. and then the next cycle of like um, taxotere, and I was doing taxotere by then, which they told me that it will affect my bones, muscles, and I feel mm. extra tired. So I thought maybe the streak would run, like would mm. stop. I don't know. Mm. And I knew that, look, like, okay, I'm still going with the streak. I can mm. keep it up until my surgery. And I was like, is it possible to keep it after the surgery? Okay, that was <laughs> what I was thinking. Because the actual time that that was set for the initiative, which is six months mm. that I told you about Run for yes. Life, was over. Oh, okay. okay. So you had gone past it now. Yeah. Yes. I didn't want to stop the streak. And I was like, is it doable even after surgery? And I had to go back to Google this time. Mm. And I just started like dropping random like keywords to get Mm. it, like chemotherapy, running streaker. Like it's not related. You Mm -hmm. don't usually type chemotherapy with running. Okay. Mm -hmm. And with running streak. (laughs) And then I saw this story about someone who was running for her friend. Mm. And I was like, okay, interesting. I just read the article. Mm. And as I was reading the article, I was like, what? After four years, she was diagnosed with cancer. (laughs) And then I kept reading about you and I found out that you kept the streak. Mm. And that was such a huge hoop for me Mm. to keep the streak. And now the streak isn't about me anymore because I know I'm delivering a message if I kept mm. the streak. Yeah. It's for all cancer patients, for those who are too scared to go and get checked because mm. they don't want to know that it's cancer. So I tried to find you on social media and <laughs> I'm, I'm, I only have Instagram. So I was like, <laughs> okay, I'm going to try Instagram. And that's when I messaged you on August 29th. Yeah. I think like I sent you pretty long messages about yes. everything about yes, me. Yes, you did. <laughs> Every I didn't... time I would check, like she didn't see that. She didn't see it yet. And then so... you posted something. I was like, nope, I have to tell her. Yeah. <laughs> so I commented on the post. Yeah. So first of all, I want to say thank you for commenting on the post because the message didn't come through until I realized that it was in the others, you know, cause I was just looking at all my messages from people I knew and you were in others. And so, yeah. so when you texted me, then I went to it and I read your story and I was like, Oh my goodness, this is like just so amazing. Also too, my son is named Jordan. My younger son, his name oh, is Jordan, <laughs> but it was just reading your story. And then I started texting you and I think we were texting backwards and forwards and then I thought you know what it's easier if I just talk to you and Mm -hmm. so I texted you and said can I call you (laughs) and I think it was very similar to you know it was like a Sunday afternoon it was early in the morning it was early in the morning for you and so (laughs) late afternoon for me and I just really enjoyed talking to you (laughs) it was like and I loved it too and you asked me, please give me advice to run like through surgery. Yes, and I will be how honest. Can I do it? Yeah, how can I do yeah. it? And I will be honest with you. I was scared to tell you what to do 
So I knew what I needed to do for myself because Mm -hmm. I talked with my doctors and everything, but I was scared to tell you, oh yeah, sure. You can do this. No worries. Kind of thing. Cause I didn't know fully how bad your situation was or what your doctors were telling you. So I think I said to you, you know, first of all, talk to your doctor. (laughs) (laughs) And then I said, okay, so here's how I did it. You're going to have these drain things coming out of you and you need to make sure that when you run the bake, don't move. And yeah, Mm -hmm. so we did. We had a really nice long chat about how to keep the streak going. (laughs) And actually on that day, I ran in the evening and I usually like to take short videos Mm. and just while running to Mm. say something about the run or something like that, just like something for myself. Yeah. And uh, on that day, I had a video and it was really dark. So it's like a very weird video, anyways. And I was <laughs> talking about you in the video. Like today, oh. I told someone who is a streaker and her name is Vanessa. And she gave me so much hope on how like I can keep the streak mm-hmm. and stuff like this. So it was like really, I needed that video call mm-hmm. and not only the messages because mm-hmm. it, it was very special, honestly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I knew that you didn't want to encourage me a lot, but mm-hmm. you didn't want to discourage me as well. Yeah. So, so it gave me hope that it is doable, but mm-hmm. I still have to listen to my body. And I kept in my mind that I still might stop the streak, mm-hmm. but you gave me the idea of running before the surgery. <laughs> the same day. So that was so weird. <laughs> okay so after I texted you and after our video call in like a month or so I was submitted to the hospital mm. okay and I wasn't really feeling tired but the doctors they were like suspicious about certain things mm. so I stayed there for four nights mm. and that's when I was telling them I need to run they were like no <laughs> I need to run <laughs> you know we had this like small fight okay and they were like we were literally negotiating the pace they're like you can walk i can walk fast no you can walk like this is how it went and i actually started like walk run in the hospital whenever i see a nurse i walk whenever i don't see anyone i run in that like (laughs) yeah there was there was a like 100 meter loop yeah that I ran there and I ran 5k there the next day they knew that I'm gonna run I was like Mm -hmm. they asked me like at what time do you want to run today yeah and I just had to tell them the time and the day after it my doctor came and he was like oh take her to run somewhere else (laughs) he suggested (laughs) somewhere else to run (laughs) they knew that I would run Mm. so when it was time for my surgery on November 9th I was submitted on November 8th. One of the doctors, she came here and she was like, oh, aren't you the one who was running in the hospital a few months ago? <laughs> I'm like, yes, yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to run now. So they actually were really nice yeah. that they told me there's a whole floor that's empty that doesn't have any patients mm. and I can go run there. Oh, wow. So It's really interesting. But- the nurses at my hospital, they were like, She's not in her bed. I guess she's gone running, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> and before I went into hospital, I was running five kilometers every day. 
And then my doctor said that she would be okay for me to run the minimum. So you know that the minimum for streak running is one, one mile. So one mile. That, yeah, two kilometers. So what was very special for me was that I ran two kilometers in the hospital. And yeah. then my nurse would go home after her shift and she would run the remaining three kilometers. Oh, wow. So, That's so nice. <laughs> so she would always come to me and say, how much did you run today? And I was like, oh, 2.2. And she's like, okay, so I'll run like 2.8 and we'll get mm. the five total. That's so, so nice. my nurse was running uh, the remaining so that I would be able to have five. Mm. So she kept going until I could get up to five kilometers again when, you know, with my body. But you, mm. you went to five kilometers, like again, really quickly, right? <laughs> I'm surprised, to be honest, that wasn't the plan. <laughs> so I, I ran before the surgery and after it, they did my surgery at uh, 3 p.m. Oh, wow. Same like, time as me. Yeah. Yeah. It took, but it wasn't supposed to be that late. So what happened is that after surgery in like seven hours, I got up and I felt okay. Mm. And I was walking like in the hospital and the next morning they told me like, I can go home. I was like, okay. And I knew that I'm not on any heavy painkillers. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't tolerate this. Mm. So I asked the doctor as they were changing the dressing. I asked them, like, is it okay to walk? And they told me, like, we want you to walk. And I was like, can I walk fast? And my doctor <laughs> said, my doctor who didn't know me, that's my oncologist. So he was like, you can run. I was like, for real? We got there. Like, <laughs> <to run. laughs> then he was like, okay, for how long like you want to run? I told mm. him like one mile. And mm. he was like, okay, yeah, it's like you can do it. Just keep an eye on your body. Yep. And like listen to your body. Yeah. yeah. And I listened to you about mm. not sweating and mm. all these things and how to not to move my uh, arms. My yeah. arm. And now I have double mastectomy mm. so i'm like i have two arms not to move <laughs> so <laughs> when i went home i went on the treadmill again mm. i didn't want to run like go to the streets because i didn't want to trip or anything like yeah. that yeah so you're you being know? careful i think that's interesting too because you're challenging but you're not being stupid right so exactly. i think that was the thing is like we know it's crazy to run every day. We know, I know that, right? Yeah. And we're running in the snow and we're running in sandstorms or rain or after, you know, after surgery. But we're also being thoughtful as well. So like when I go running in the snow, I make sure I'm, you know, I've got proper clothes on and that I'm going slow. I'm not running fast, you know. Yeah. So I think, you know, we might be crazy, but we're not stupid. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, you need to take notes. We're not yeah. stupid. Yeah, we might be crazy, but we're not stupid. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So what I did the next day, I put a scarf on my neck, and mm. I was holding the scarf with my uh, uh, with your right hand. arm. Yeah. So I yeah, and I had the the drains belt, mm. so I was holding with my left hand the belt. And I yeah. actually put a scarf around the drains, so I don't want them, want to, to, them move. to move. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I want them to keep them because you told me like you mm. got like a vest thing or something like yeah. that, or yeah. 
like I did yeah I had like a thing with pockets in it so that they wouldn't move yeah exactly exactly but I got like really huge drains so Mm. I couldn't fit them anywhere so I put the scarf around them and I was running on the treadmill and I was so stressed at the beginning just to say this people need to know like I'm not just like I just went running carefree no I was stressed and I got like stiff legs because I was stressed. Stress, yeah. Um, yeah. And then like I figured like, okay, I'm stressed for nothing. I just have to relax, relax myself. Yeah. And I just did the minimum. Like I did two, I did actually the first day I did three kilometers. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. On the treadmill. And I had a short video of it on how I did it. I, I, I remember seeing it. I, I remember <laughs> seeing it and thinking, oh my goodness, you did it. <laughs> Uh, people were like wait what they were like is this in the hospital is this before surgery is this after surgery they were confused so so that was that was a big shock for people and I'm glad I'm glad I actually took that video after that they were not surprised that I'm running yeah and I knew that I'm gonna get a streak as well one week later the dreams were out and I felt comfortable to run the like regular distance again. But I didn't know that three weeks later, I'd be able to do a half marathon. I saw that. I was like, three weeks after your surgery, you did a half marathon. And that was like crazy. I remember, so I finished um, all of my surgery and everything and out um, sort of middle of April. And then in June, I ran a 10 kilometer um, race with, with some people. It was like a relay race, you know, how like you run a piece and then you run. And I was the last person on the relay. I don't know about you, but after that 10 kilometers, I cried. It wasn't like sad or anything. It was just like, Oh my gosh, I just wanted to, I don't know. Cause I was so stressed about everything and it was like so much. And then I just ran the 10 kilometers. I ran the race and I just cried. And I saw you run that, there was somebody who had taken a video of your last yes. through to the final. And it was just, it was so powerful. You were like running and you were like, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad they got it on camera because that moment was very special to me because, mm-hmm. you know, as I was running the half marathon all the time, like I was running happy mm-hmm. as I was running. I took a promise. Like if I felt tired, I, I can drop off at any time. It's okay mm-hmm. to drop off. I didn't feel the need to drop off. I was running and thinking just three weeks ago, ago, I was in the hospital. I had cancer. I went through chemo and Mm. I'm still, I don't feel like I feel so healthy, so happy. Mm. Okay. Mm. And even like, you know, even people need to think about like breast cancer. It's we change our body. Our body Mm. is different. Like it's different forever. And Mm. this, I didn't even feel stressed about this thing. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I was proud and happy with everything I went through. And when I understood I was on that night, like on that 20th kilometer, mm. I was like, okay, I'm almost done. I did it. Yeah. And yeah. I was thinking, what shall I do at the finish line? I didn't think about this because mm. I wasn't sure I would get there. Right. Okay, I was like, okay, I need to do something on the finish line people like something to raise awareness about cancer and by then I had a cap on and I didn't feel all all the time during treatment 
mm. I didn't put a wig or anything or I didn't mm. cover my head okay so mm. I just went out bald and I was okay with it mm. but as my hair started growing I didn't mm. like the way it looked okay okay because it was like very fuzzy hair and <laughs> I was like, okay, when I get to the finish line, I'm going to take off the cap. Mm. I decided that. And the finish line was inside a like a football field. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of weird. But yeah, <laughs> but I'm glad they did it that way mm. because it was for like it was good for me. So my friends, when they saw me coming, they all started calling me and like saying, Julia, Julia. And it was very overwhelming. Mm. At a point, I wanted to cry. And then I'm like, no, I can't cry because I need to breathe normally. And when I get to the finish line, I want to be happy. Mm. So, yeah, I got there and I raised and all the organizers, they were surprised. Like, why are they cheering for her? She's not the first one. Right. Why is that? When I got there and took off the cap and they were like, oh, they all knew I that. Realized. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's cancer. And yeah, it was such a great mm. moment. Like everything is doable. It's yeah. like our body is seriously limitless. Yeah. So find a way. I want to thank you for sharing all of the story. It's an amazing thing to talk with you. And so just as like a final kind of a final thing, what has running done for you? Or what is the message that you want to give to people who might be listening about cancer and running or anything through your experience i need people to know that especially cancer patients it's not mm -hmm. like i got diagnosed with cancer and then i decided to start running mm -hmm. because many cancer patients felt like kind of pressure like julia is running through her cancer journey we should yeah. run too it's not like that people need to be prepared mm -hmm. you still need to take care of your health your mm -hmm. body your mental health, to be prepared for everything. Mm. So I'm so grateful that I used to run before cancer because, you know, even like how running makes us feel happy. Mm. It helped me mentally through the chemotherapy period, let's mm. say. And even for now, I'm taking hormonal therapy and I'm still yes. not feeling the mood swings and these things. Mm. The thing is that people shouldn't wait till they get sick to think like oh we should have done this and this before yes, yeah. when we felt healthy mm. just start now yeah you, it shouldn't yeah. be running running might not be your thing yeah you might want to do something else yeah start now with it because you don't know when you will need it more i, I love that so, this idea of there are things that make you happy it might be reading books it might be writing poetry it might be running it might be bird watching it might be things that make you feel good and bring you calm you know obviously walking exercise these kinds of things are good and if we do those things then when we do get sick or we do have a struggle we have something that we can use to help us feel powerful and so i think that that's really cool I also wanted to just share one thing with the listeners. So one other thing I did for Julia, and this is going to be the interesting thing, <laughs> is when I, I chose not to get reconstruction, I chose not to do that because I'd heard a lot of different things and I Googled things and I was very comfortable with not getting that. I only had my right breast removed. I didn't have a double mastectomy like Julia, but I have 
right? And so my balance was always kind of out. So when I was wearing dresses or anything like that, it would always look a bit weird. And in the summer in particular. And so I had a friend of mine who is really good at knitting. And I was trying um, all these different, what they call prosthetics, all these different things that you can put into your bra to make you look like you have two, two nice breasts. And they were always made of silicone or something slippery. And when you're running with those or you're in the summer when it's hot, they were always like, yuck. They were like sweaty and slippery and ugh. So this friend of mine who lives in the US, Carol, she knitted me these breasts <laughs> and they were made out of organic cotton. And they're the best thing ever for like, if you're wanting to go run with them or just wear them. And so I learned to knit them too. And I made lots for myself because <laughs> I really like, like them. And I sent some to Julia. <laughs> I, I, I have to say my side of the story now. <laughs> <laughs> so Julia so. can talk about her side of the story of receiving knitted breasts in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> so when you first told me about them and you told me like, uh, okay, I'm going to make you like from these. I was like, oh, yeah, that's really nice. But I was like, she might just say it and not do it. Like, I, I wasn't sure, okay, because it's knitting. Like, it's not something you just buy, okay? And I felt like, how would someone do something really nice to, a, like, a stranger? Not a stranger anymore, but, like, you, like that was months before. So I was like, okay, the days went on. And then in March, I think you told me this in November about yeah. that. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. The knitting and then thing, yeah. It was, yeah. And then it was March. And then you sent me a picture of <laughs> saying your, your breast is ready. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, your breasts are ready. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I was like, what? This is for real. And I felt like this is a really, really nice thing like from someone who's who didn't even meet me to do it <laughs> okay and i i actually received the the message while i was at the cancer center mm. so so i was like wow that's really nice i'm still doing biotherapy right. so i still have a session every three weeks mm. anyways so then you asked for my address and you asked me the embarrassing question about my shoe size <laughs> no way i'm not gonna tell her like this is too much and you insisted and that was so generous from you mm. and then I received the package mm. and I got the message from the post office telling mm. me that I should come to receive it which had really nice Nike shoes <laughs> and the knitted breast okay. <laughs> so I went there and I remembered like okay in in Jordan at the post office they opened the package in front of you. <laughs> and as I told you, it's a very conservative like country. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm standing there texting you, like, what would I say? Is it like cushions for my cat? It, <laughs> what should I tell them? <laughs> well, you know, when I sent it to you in Japan, I wrote on the customs form, knitted goods. Yeah. So I just wrote knitted goods. And the guy uh, who was filling out the customs form said to me, is it a knitted scarf? Is it a knitted mm. mittens? I was like, no, it's knitted breasts. <laughs> and his face was like, what? So I showed him a picture. I was like, it's this. And he's like, oh, 
okay. <laughs> he was like embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm not sure if here they understood what was it because I wasn't. I, I was trying to avoid eye contact, so I was just looking at them from the side of my eye, and they were just confused, looking at each other, and they put it back in the in the box. <laughs> And I was like, okay, just give it to me and let me leave. <laughs> so. <laughs> so I know that when Carol sent me the knitted breasts, I was really surprised and I was really happy because it was kind of something different and special. And people often say, what can I do to help? Or what can I do to help you? Yeah. And I would never say knit me some breasts, right? So <laughs> you know, <laughs> I would never say that. So I know that I felt very happy and it made me smile even if you never use them they just sit there and it's just kind of funny and it just makes you yeah. smile and I think we all need to smile so yeah. I thought that's what I could do for you is I could send you some knitted breasts <laughs> I, I, I I smiled I laughed and I loved everything about it and the idea how cancer patients they connect differently with each other like we understand each other mm. in a different way that maybe other people they will not understand mm. yes and yes. yeah so, so this is the thing and it's amazing I, I I have to thank you for sharing your story oh. and for whoever wrote about it as well mm. for all the journalists for the media they have to focus on these stories because other people will be looking for them mm. Like I was looking for this story mm. and that's why I shared my story, hoping that if someone was looking for it, to find it. If yes. someone in the Middle East was looking for similar story, to find it, to know that it's still doable, mm. like just not to hide the cancer diagnosis or anything like that. So thank you, Julia, for sharing your story so that we can share on the podcast to other people. And oh, one more. Yes. Yeah, I'm so looking forward to, I hope we can do it, yes. to do my my very first full marathon. <laughs> so, so let me tell, so I will tell, because one, you know what, when you say it, you said to me before that when you just said you were going to do your 100 day streak, you announced it and that's a commitment. And then when you did your run for life, you kept it a bit secret. So it wasn't a commitment. So let's not make it a secret. Let's make it a commitment. <laughs> so Julia and I, and for anybody else who would like to join us, are going to try to uh, run Athens Marathon together. That's kind of our goal. So it's in November. We will try uh, to get our schedules and our training and our health and everything ready so that we can run the original marathon, which is Athens from Marathon City. To Athens yes. uh, together as Julia's first ever marathon. So that's yes. that's our commitment. We said it. We said it out loud. <laughs> right. so yesterday I ran another half marathon and I felt good when I finished. I felt like I could still do more. Yes, and it gave me hope. And but still till July because I will finish. I think biotherapy in July or August. Mm. So I get my first like final tests eco scans and then I can confirm everything but it's really something to look forward to 
and I'm already telling people about it because I'm too excited. <laughs> like I'm telling people about you. So, <laughs> so it, for me, it's not a secret anymore somehow. <laughs> so as we said, we're going to try. We never know what's going to happen. Uh, yeah. But we've made a commitment to each other because I've never run Athens Marathon and I've always wanted to run Athens. And so I think that this could be the perfect thing. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. Okay, Julia. So thank you so much for the chat, the time. And um, I'm going to tell everybody as well that Julia and I are going to do similar chat might be slightly different, but we're going to do this again in Julia's native language in Arabic. So if you've listened in English, but you would also like to listen to it in, if you're listening in the, in the Middle East, or you would like to hear it um, in Julia's native language, we're going to record that as well. And you can listen to it in another episode as well. So thank you very much. <laughs> thank you. I think you listened to the English, but now Julia and I are going to do a quick summary in Julia's native language in Arabic. And uh, I don't speak that. <laughs> so, so she's going to help. So I'm going to ask a question. And she's going to translate and then she's going to answer. And so the key points and then for people who really want to try and listen, then um, listen in English. So here we go, Julia. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, I so enjoyed our talk. So one of the first things was, why did you start running and why did you start running every day? Okay, so Vanessa, I'm going to ask you, why did I start running أنا ليش بلشت أركض كان زي تحدي بيني وبين حالي وهيك كانت يعني هواية بلشتها كمان بلشت أركض بال2017 كان ركض كل يوم مش كل يوم كنت أركض مرات يعني متقطع حسب كيف بقدر وأزيد أحاول أزيد تحملي على الركض ليش بلشت أركض كل يوم كان بهيك القصة تعني اللي برضو كان لها علاقة بالسرطان والهدف كان بلشت الركض كل يوم ب 30/12/2020 لدعم مبادرة اركض لأجل الحياة وقررت خلص انه انه بدي استمر بالركض لغاية ما تخلص هاي المبادرة واستمرت فيها وتشخصت خلال هذيك الفترة واستمرت لبعدها ولساتني لليوم بركض كل يوم صار لي تقريبا يعني خلصت أول سنة ركض متواصل وأنا هلا بالسنة الثانية Okay, you know, everybody, I'm going to just say this in English. When I'm watching uh, Julia speak and her eyes are just lighting up when she is speaking, I do not understand a word, <laughs> but I can see how happy and passionate she is about running and running every day. So thank you. Okay, so my next question is talk a little bit about how you found out you had cancer and the decisions you had to make, like in your mind. When you found out that you had cancer, the question is about how I discovered that I had cancer and what decisions I took when I found out that I had cancer. I discovered that there was a lot of cancer in my body. تيجي هيك بتأثر على الجسم كله فأنا عم بركض أول خطوة في خطوتين حسيت في تقل عندي بالجهة اليمين 
فمن وقتها اطول بلشت بالاجراءات اخذت موعد عشان اعمل كشف المبكر وكل هاي الاشياء واطول يعني صار مبين انه في عندي سرطان هلا انا من اول يوم بالكشف المبكر صرت تقريبا عارفه النتيجه انه سرطان فمن نفس اليوم طلعت اركض بعد الموعد وانا عم بركض هيك وعم بمرق من قدام المركز ولا بتمر سياره فيها بنات وبلشوا يشجعوني من وقتها انا خلص حسيت هاي اشاره لانه عارف انه هذا الشيء انا بقدر عليه وهذا الشيء اصلا يعني صار لي عشان اشخاص غيري عشان غيري عشان اوعي غيري اغير يعني اغير بتفكير اشخاص غيري وصرت انا برضه اشتغل على هذا الموضوع على حالي صرت كثير احضر فيديوهات عن كيف الواحد يتحكم بجسمه من خلال تفكيره وكل هاي الاشياء وطبعا يعني برضه تقوى ايماني فهي كثير ساعدني الموضوع وصلت لمرحله اني لما بلشت العلاج كنت فكريا جاهزه لكل شيء راح يجي لي I heard the word treadmill. I remember you feeling heavy on the treadmill. <laughs> so, yeah. So now I would like to uh, say one thing that when we spoke in English, it stuck with me. And it was this idea that you would not call chemotherapy, chemotherapy. You chose to call it something else. So can you please tell us about What made you decide to not call chemotherapy chemotherapy? السؤال هو إنه أنا كنت حكيت لها قبل إنه غيرت اسم ال ال chemotherapy ل healing therapy. فاا وبدي أحكي أكثر عن الموضوع ليش عملت زي ليش عملت هيك قبل أول جلسة لإلي كل حدا من حبهم لإلي بس كانوا يضلهم يحكوا لي عن كل الأشياء السلبية تبعت chemotherapy. فاا أنا وقتها طبعاً هذا الإشي بيعمل توتر لأي شخص بده يبلش يعمل علاج كيموثيرابي فقررت بدي أغير اسم العلاج وبدي أسميه هيلينج ثيرابي فعلاً جبت دفتر وكتبت عليه هيلينج ثيرابي وقلت هذا العلاج ما راح يكون موجود إذا ما له إيجابيات والناس ليش كلها بس تحكي السلبيات تبعته فقررت أكتب إيجابيات الهيلينج ثيرابي هذا وبلشت وصاروا أكتب وأكتب ومع لما بلشت العلاج بلشوا يزيدوا كمان من هاي الايجابيات هو كمان هو انه كيف اول شيء قربني لله اكثر كيف الهيلينج ثيرابي هذا راح يقضي على اي خلايا سرطانيه انا مش منتبهيت لها كيف راح يفوتني تجربه جديده راح يغير فيي ممكن راح يخليني الهم اشخاص ثانيين وكثير نقاط كانوا هدول مجرد ما اني كتبتهم كثير ساعدوني باني اكون جاهزه لابلش اول جلسه I love healing therapy. I think that's a, I need to make you a t-shirt that says healing therapy. <laughs> okay. So now I'd like to um, talk a little bit about how Julia basically got in touch with me, how we connected. So the story of connecting together, Julia connecting with Vanessa, how did that happen and why did that happen? <laughs> I'm going to talk a little bit about where you are, like mm. how we are in different countries. Okay. The question is, how did we connect with each other? How did we connect with each other? Vanessa, of course, is in Tokyo, in Japan. And I'm in the Urdu. So when I started the Urdu, when I started the running streak, when I started the Urdu, 
وصلت يعني بعد كمان شهر من بركض خلال الكيماوي فكنت بدي اعرف انه انا طب خلال العمليه ممكن اكمل الرننج ستريك ولا لا صرت ادور على مين في ناس مروا بهاي التجربه وبرضه انهم بركضوا صرت ادور على جوجل احاول اشوف ايش في قصص احط كيوردز وهيك بالاخر طلع معي قصه وحده اسمها فانسا ركضت الى عامله شيء اسمه اوتران كانسر بلشت تركض عشان صاحبتها وصارت تركض كل يوم وعلى السنه الرابعه هي تشخصت بالكانسر عملت عمليه وظلت تركض برضه كل يوم وصارت بالسنه العاشره من الركض فانا حاولت اطلع اسمها طلعت الاسم على الانستغرام بعثت لها مسج ومرق كم من يوم ما شافتها انا هيك تحرقصت وقتها بعدين لقيتها منزله بوست وهي ما ردت على المسج تبعي سو so كتبت لها على البوست انه انه انا بعثت لك مسج فشافتها وتواصلنا وبعد بفتره عملنا فيديو كول وحكت لي كمان عن كل الخطوات اللي عملتها بوقت العمليه كيف قدرت تخلي الرننج ستريك تبعها فانا كثير يعني هذا الشيء اعطاني كثير امل وبرضه يعني خلاني اعرف كيف انه هذا الشيء ممكن يصير وكيف اعمله بحذر بدون ما اضر حالي So Julia, I sent you a gift from Tokyo. And um, my understanding is you like the gift, but you do not use it. <laughs> so can you talk to us about the gift I sent to you? <laughs> okay, so Vanessa, يعني, I'm not a lot of issues in life. I don't imagine that people in different countries do this. address me the address and بالهدية كانت باتة رانينج شوز نايكي رانينج شوز وكتير حلوين كتير كتير حلو وأبيض وهيك وألوانه حلوة فأنا كل يوم بطلع على الشوز بخليه على جنب وبلبس شوزي القديم الصار متبهدل فإن شاء الله يوما من الأيام رح ألبس هالشوز وأركض فيه بس هيك بتعرف لما أكيد كل حدا بجيب إشي جديد بكون كتير خايفة عليه أنا هيك شعوري بالشوز You said to me that you believe telling stories is important. Your story, my story. Why do you think it's important? Yes. The question of Vanessa is that I was talking to her that it's very important that when someone can talk to her, she doesn't want to talk to her. So she asked me, why is this important? As I said, I felt that I had to share with the people. I started to make sure that I want to share ليعملوا الفحوصات يعملوا التامين يعملوا الاجراءات اللازمه بس بنفس الوقت اكتشفت مع الوقت لما صرت انا اشارك قصتي وصرت ادور على ناس مشاركين قصتهم لو اني ما لقيت قصه بنسا كان ممكن اقطع الامل احكي خلص انا ما راح اقدر اركض ما راح اقدر اعمل لانه مستحيل هذا الشيء لما شفت قصتها صرت عارفه انه لا في امل الواحد بيقدر يعمل هاي الاشياء وانا بنفس الوقت هلا بدي اشارك قصتي عشان الناس غيري برضه يتشجعوا ويشاركوا قصتهم ايش ما تكون الواحد بيكون عماله يعني ما بيعرفوا مين في شخص عماله يدور على هاي القصه لتعطيه امل لو نتفت امل هذا اللي بدنا اياه نوصل له اوكي لاست كويستشن وات از نيكست فور جوليا اوكي السؤال هو انه ايش الخطوه اللي بعد اللي اللي ناوي اعملها سو so, المخطط اللي شجعني وبرضه تشجعت اكثر من الحكي مع منسا 
ان شاء الله انا بدي ازيد هلا التمرينات لإلي بس لما اخلص تقريبا بشهر 8 بخلص العلاج البيولوجي بصير عارفه حالي اكثر صحيا بالوضع وبلكي بشهر 11 نعمل انا وياها اول بدي اعمل اول ماراثون لإلي اللي هي مسافه 42 كيلو متر باثينا في ماراثون اثينا ان شاء الله ان شاء الله وهوبلي I'll be wearing the Nike shoes. You'll be wearing the <laughs> Nike shoes. <laughs> yes. You'll be wearing the Nike shoes. Yes. So, so thank you, Julia, so much for speaking to me in English. Uh, for, you know, I so enjoyed. Um, but first of all, thank you for reaching out to me and connecting with me. Um, because thank I so... You. Thank you for everything you're doing. Thank you for sharing your story. And now you're sh- sharing other people's stories. Yeah. So... That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, no, thank you so much for sharing, Julia, because I've learned a lot from your story as well. And so even oh. more. And you made me think, let's go run Athens together. So, um, yeah. yeah. And that, so. that's why I always say it's not that one person support the other. We always support each other. Like everyone around you, the whole community, we just support each other in a way or, or another. Yes. So thank you. Thank you. Thank okay. You. Everyone gonna... who's listening. Yes. Thank you to everyone who's listening. And please, as Julia said, if you have a story that you would like to share, then please contact us, you know, contact me on the Outrun Cancer um, Instagram site and let me know because then we can share more stories that will hopefully help people. That's the goal. That's the goal is to share stories to help people. You don't have to run, you know, you don't have to be a runner, uh, you know, but sometimes people get inspired to walk a little, run a little. Exercise is very good for healing. So another healing therapy. So, So thank you everybody for listening and we'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to today's Outrun Cancer Story. I know telling stories really helps. So now I'd like to ask you to come share your takeaways. Follow us on Instagram at Vanessa underscore Outrun Cancer for some stories, some inspiration, and maybe you might be inspired to put your running shoes on. See you in the next episode.